This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? Organ Nation News Podcast. My name is Saul Monoli at Red Nation Hoops on Twitter. You're joined by Forrest Walker at Do Nots on Twitter. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm pretty good. Yeah, so uh, Rockets just played their first summer league game. Uh, the rookies are looking good. Zoe Chi uh, put up some great numbers. Uh, really athletic and long, man. Like, that guy is tall. Yeah, uh, I'm <laughs> excited for the season to start. <laughs> like, summer league is fun, uh, but I'm just... This season in particular, it's just, I I really can't wait for the season to start. Even like even more than last time that we thought the season was going to be really cool. Uh, it's it's hard for me to do anything except just like want to see Chris Paul on the court with James Harden. But that's not what you're talking about. No, but that's what no, I but no, but it's it's relevant. It's relevant. Um, yeah, I mean, but I just want to say the rookies look good though. Like like like, and Maury always manages to find these guys at the end of the draft, and he has his reputation of being a mediocre drafter. And I kind of wish that would stop because he just he just always manages to find these guys in the second round, late first round. You know, like I mean, just look at the roster. Like Clint Capella, starting center for the Rockets, drafted number thirty, I believe, by Daryl Morey. Uh, and like Zochi, second round guy, uh, Cam Oliver, undrafted guy, um, Isaiah Taylor, uh, same thing. Like like if you look look up and down the roster, he, he just manages to find these these gems. Yeah, uh, good teams draft well, <laughs> so it's <laughs> it's nice to see that consistently the Rockets uh, maintain that quality of draft. Yeah, so let's gotta get some to some news. Uh, the Rockets signed PJ Tucker with their full mid level exception. Uh, eight point four million dollars per uh four year deal, so it's about thirty two million dollars roughly. Um, I I love this signing. This is somebody who I thought fit the Rockets' uh, mid level exception perfectly. I, I thought he'd be willing to take that kind of money. Um, really hard nosed defender, uh, versatile enough to play the, the the three and the four. Uh, can play small ball four. Uh, and he's just an awesome defender. It's like if you talk about guys who did a really great job on Harden throughout the years. PJ Tucker was on that short list, and he's just gonna fit. He's gonna fit so nice off the bench, um, and help the Rockets on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah, uh, I think it's a fantastic signing. It really fits with that roster. I've been saying like I'm extremely excited to watch this plays out because I think they're really filling this roster out nicely. I think it makes a lot of sense together. Uh, for for all the concerns about Chris Paul and James Harden aside, uh, I think they are going to be able to run out some extremely good lineups, especially on the defensive end. 
I think this is going to be a very good team defensively. Uh, Tucker is the kind of guy who really shores up a defense who you can, and he he's not a zero on offense either. So they have more two way guys now. Uh, I think it's great. It's a fantastic value. That's not even starter money for him. So uh, I'm I am I am really ready to see this too. Another one of the long line of things I want to see this season coming up, and why can't it be November? Uh, speaking of Chris Paul, he was like a big part of the signing actually. Like. Uh... Apparently, P.J. Tucker and Chris Paul grew up together. Like they've they've been friends since they were nine, um, and he was a big part of the recruitment. He was in the meeting to recruit P.J. Tucker, uh, and and that just you know another thing that Chris Paul has already added to this team, and they haven't even played a minute of basketball yet. Um, yeah, I mean, fantastic signing. Like 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 as you said, great value. Like uh, it's really hard to find wings in the NBA, and and wings that can that can play multiple positions are even harder to find in the NBA. Uh, and as you said, two-way guy can shoot 35% from three for his career. Um, good, good enough to, you know, you have to close him out. And um, in in last year in catch-and-shoot situations, I mean, he was awesome. He shot 40% from three in Toronto. Um, and in catch-and-shoots, you got to – he's going to get a ton of open jumpers. I mean, he's uh, with Chris Paul and James Harden on, on the floor uh, and Clint Capella rolling to the basket, there's going to be a lot of open bas- open threes for him. Um, as well as other guys on the roster, um, yeah, this this roster is really starting to round out really nice. They still need they still need to find some positions of need. Like they need a backup point guard, and uh, according to Mike D'Antoni, like they need a, a backup center for those nights that Nene rests. Um, but I mean, like you can find those guys uh, for cheap, for fairly cheap, for vet minimums. Like you don't like for the backup guard, like you know you really don't need that much. I mean, you, you don't need to find a Lou Williams. You don't need to find like. Um, like someone that's really dynamic, you just need somebody who can dribble a little bit and shoot threes and uh, is willing to play garbage time. That's all you really need for that backup point guard position. I mean, um, as far as the center market, I mean, the center market's really, really packed right now. Like these guys aren't getting signed because all the money is dried up and every team has a center and it's just, and it's, leading to these guys having to take short deals. And I think the Rockets will be fine finding finding guys to fill out these roles. Yeah. Uh, well, you've mentioned that the money's drying up, which has been kind of a big deal, actually. I think it's the big season this offseason, which is that the cap went down unexpectedly, but yet there was already a precedent set by last season, and all the free agency money immediately got snapped up, and now the only teams with any money free are teams that players don't really want to sign with. Uh, so I think we're going to get to that, like, ring chasers take the minimum stage a little early this this, this offseason. And in fact, once the next, like, couple of weeks resolves, I think we might see a really long, boring period. But it's good for Houston, because it means that they'll be able to pick up some of these guys, like you said, like they'll be able to find some backup point guard and backup center who are willing to just take a minimum and sit on the bench most of the time and be there whenever injury strikes. Those kind of dudes really help a championship-level team, which this Rockets team is attempting to be. We'll see if they get there. Uh, but they have a good shot at it, and they need those kind of guys, and I think they're going to find them. Yeah, um, this free agency later on is going to be a bloodbath because a lot of guys are going to fire their agents because... I mean, I feel like a lot of guys went into this, this offseason believing they were going to get the kind of money that, that guys got last year. And, like, you know, they, 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 they look at the contracts, man. Like, they, they're on Twitter. They, they see these big numbers, and, and they talk to their agents like, hey, why aren't you getting me this kind of money? 
and it's gonna it's gonna be pretty brutal like there's gonna be a lot of agents that are fired uh unnecessarily uh there's gonna be uh a lot of disgruntled players taking short deals so they can come back next summer and take a bigger deal um it's it's real i feel bad for these guys but i mean hey i mean this is this is kind of the way the market was supposed to be this is why the nba wanted cap smoothing and you know uh to slowly bring this tv money in instead of having it all come in um in in 2016 and that's that's kind of why we're in this situation where um you know like it's 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 brutal man like like free agency's been kind of conservative i mean teams have have kind of had to watch their spending habits uh, unless you're the Knicks who just gave out a 72 million dollar offer to Tim Hardaway <laughs> Jr. um but i mean every other team uh they're spending their cap a little bit more frugally right and it, it it's it's um it's showing and and you're going to find these guys take um ring chaser like deals i mean i think even PJ Tucker in the in in the introductory press conference said that he turned down bigger deals to come to the rockets so i mean you got to imagine he probably had like 10 million dollar offer sheets uh 10 million per year offer sheets that he turned down to come to the rockets and if if PJ Tucker's willing to do it i mean you got to figure guys are willing to take you know minimum con- 2.4 million is the minimum i think or 2.3 million is the minimum contract this year um to come to the rockets and the rockets are going to hold on to their biannual so if 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 someone gets bought out mid-season uh that of significance the rockets can probably beat most of their offers because most teams are going to be offering their minimum and the rockets are going to be able to offer a full million dollars more um and i I think it's actually kind of smart that they're not using it this summer um originally like i thought it was kind of strange but it makes a lot more sense the more you think about it if a guy like Dwayne wake gets bought out uh mid-season the, the rockets can kind of pounce and you know they haven't used their trade exception yet uh they just uh they just waived uh poor ryan kelly uh <laughs> that was a big uh, date for the rockets uh july july 7th was like a, d- a date that we were all watching intently because you know his his contract became guaranteed today and um and like it looked like the Rockets were, were th- seriously considering moving him, but I mean, it just looks like they probably couldn't find any offers. Yeah, uh, I mean, presumably they wanted to make some kind of deals today, but yeah, if he, if there was, were no deals available, then it makes sense to waive him. I don't know. That's just that's very boring. It's very boring. That's just the thing that happened today, but that's what it was. So uh, we're gonna have plenty more boring days coming up soon. Oh well, you know who else? Who else is uh might get waived or bought out? Who? Look at that! Look at that transition, Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, uh, Carmelo Anthony. Um, man, I wish we had more people on the podcast today. Uh, th- like, I have conflicting feelings about Carmelo Anthony coming to the Rockets, and <laughs> you say you say conflicting, but I know that you mean negative. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm I'm very much in the minority of Rockets bloggers and uh, and Rockets Twitter in general. Rockets Twitter is definitely for Carmelo Anthony. Uh, let's go ahead and, and mention what, what exactly happened. A story came out a couple of days ago about Carmelo Anthony being willing to trade to waive his non-trade clause uh, to come to the Cavaliers or the Houston Rockets uh, should he be traded to there. Um, and like I'm kind of like in the minority who's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a big Melo guy. I'm, I'm just not. Like I've I've watched Melo the last two years. I know what he is. He's um, He's a volume shooter. He's not, he's not that he's not a great defender. He's uh, probably not a top twenty five player. And like 
you know, like, yeah, the I, the name Carmelo Anthony certainly bring, rings a few bells. But, I mean, if you've, if you've watched him the last two years, he's just not the same guy anymore, man. Like, Carmelo Anthony hasn't been Carmelo Anthony in some time. Uh, he's lost a lot of explosive a lot of explosiveness. He's not going to the basket the same way he used to. He shoots a ton of mid range jumpers. He's not that great at him. Forty four percent clip, um, which is you know just shy of of Chris Paul's fifty percent clip from the mid range. Um, and you got to figure like if he's coming to Houston, he's probably gonna have to cut that out of his game. Um, he's not a better shooter than Ryan Anderson, which is probably who the Rockets are gonna have to give up. Uh, in, a, in a scenario where they have to acquire Carmelo Anthony, he's he's a pretty good catch and shoot guy, which is the, the main argument you could make, right? Like he's not going to take these difficult three pointers that he's been taking with the Knicks. He's going to get a lot of more open threes. And uh, the the biggest selling point with Melo is this, you know, this mythical urban legend, you know, Olympic Melo, right? Like Olympic Melo, he can do all these great things. He can shoot threes. He understands his role. He he's you know the perfect combo for you'd want on your team. But I mean, like. That just hasn't resonated in the NBA. It just hasn't. I mean, like, we're in year 14 of Carmelo Anthony, and, like, he's played, God, how many, like, years where he hasn't been that? I mean, like, we're just kind of waiting for this to happen. But, I mean, it, it hasn't. Like, he's he's been the same mellow for so many years. I mean, Carmelo Anthony's probably played, like, let's just say three dozen Olympic games. And he's played, like, a, a few hundred NBA games. Like, we're spo- I'm, I'm supposed to believe the smaller sample size, you know, like, I, I, do you get where I'm coming from? Uh, I get where you're coming from. So as full disclosure, I'm sort of a mellow agnostic, I guess. And that, uh, I, so I, I think mellow has a higher ceiling, but a lower floor than not mellow. Uh, so I honestly, whatever happens is fine by me. I'm not going to be, uh, upset or I'm not going to be upset by any scenario. That being said, uh, to prevent kind of the other side of things, like so, I definitely think that you make a good point, which is that Melo lacks the uh, explosiveness he used to have. He's a less athletic. He worked with uh, D'Antoni before and didn't seem to like the system. And I think those are all like extremely worrisome concerns. I think there are also some causes for hope, though. Um, I think the main selling point is that his overall talent level is just higher than Ryan Anderson's, and. I'm going to put out here right now, when we're talking about like acquiring Melo on the Rockets, uh, like every sane individual, that talk is for Ryan Anderson, filler, and like maybe like a second rounder or something, right? It's the, we're, we're not talking about the Rockets giving up like Eric Gordon and Trevor Ariza. That's just not going to happen, nor should it. Uh, or we'll get into the, a buyout scenario later. But uh, so... I know people have been talking about like why would you give up good players for for uh, you know a bunch of good players for for Carmelo Anthony. Well, we're talking we're basically we're talking about who's better for the Rockets, Ryan Anderson, Carmelo Anthony. Do you agree? That's the actual discussion. Yeah, yeah, and that that's a smarter discussion, right? Um, there, like Ryan Anderson. I mean, Carmelo Anthony. I can agree he's a better player than Ryan Anderson, and that's not the argument I'm making, right? Um, I made I actually tweeted out uh that I, I thought Ryan Anderson was a better. Like I'd rather have Ryan Anderson than Carmelo Anthony for this team, and it caused a big <laughs> storm, to, frankly, on my on my mentions. I mean, uh, like people have strong feelings about Carmelo Anthony, uh, and I'm I just kind of wonder, like, have you guys watched him play the last five years? I mean, like maybe it's just me. Maybe maybe I'm just uh, a uh, uh, I mean, maybe I'm just not, not a mellow guy, right? Like he's just 
not the same, man. And like, and the point you raised about D'Antoni is really big. It's really important. Like, we're expecting these guys to throw throw away their blood feud. I mean, like, if you guys remember what happened in New York, I mean, Carmelo basically approached D'Antoni and the front office and said, "It's either me or him." And Mike D'Antoni resigned. <laughs> um, and like, he he didn't want to put up with that crap anymore. And we're kind of expecting them to get over it. Um, and Mike D'Antoni said he's kind of willing to move, look past things. But I'm, I'm like, it's just not that easy, right? Like, it's it's not that easy to look over this, that this guy cost you his job, basically. That that this guy wasn't wasn't willing to adapt with you with what you were doing in New York, and you know he's just not the he's just not a a Mike D'Antoni player. He's he's a ball stopper. I mean, he's just he's not he hasn't played in a fast system in ages, and he's just he's really isolation heavy and. If you look at guys who are prototypical Mike D'Antoni players, I mean, Carmelo Anthony just doesn't fit the bill. Olympic Melo does, right? But again, Olympic Melo is kind of this urban legend that we just haven't seen manifest itself in the NBA. So I think the argument about Olympic Melo, the reason why anybody would believe in such a thing (laughs) is that the uh, situation of the Olympics bear resemblance to the hypothetical situation on this Rockets team. That in the Olymp- the, the similarity is that he has always been the best player on his team. He's always been the presumed leader of the team. But like the Olympic team, he would not be the best player or presumed to be the leader of the team. That it would absolutely be Chris Paul or James Harden, like both of them above him. As to how that interplay works out, that's a different thing. We've talked about it at length and we'll talk about it again, I'm sure, 800 times. Uh, but Carmelo Anthony would be clear number three. And the idea that he is clearly number three and he needs to fit the offense is the hope there. That he looks like he's able to just kind of play within himself and not uh, force things as he typically does in uh, the NBA settings. That he would play more similar to his Olympic self because that's the deferring mellow. That's the not taking over mellow. So I think there is some reason to hope that might happen. Um I think the judgment on whether or not that is likely kind of falls to uh, to the guys in the Houston Rockets front office and coaching staff. Uh, so I, I guess it's a boring take, but I kind of trust their judgment. I think if they think that Carmelo Anthony is able to and willing to take on a much more limited role, I think he could be extremely successful. And I think if they think he'll do that, then they'll acquire him. But I think if they don't think he'll do that, then they won't. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's not very exciting, but I think that's kind of more realistic. Yeah, and uh, the fact that he's willing to to waive his no-trade clause is a positive step, right? Um, like, like th- th- that that's a sign that he's willing to make it work with Mike again, right? And um, I'm not necessarily sure he uh, that, necessarily that carries that much weight, but I mean, it... It does mean something, right? It does mean it does show something that he that he there's only two teams he's willing to take um, that he's willing to leave New York for, and it's basically uh, Cleveland or Houston. And you know, like those are both scenarios where he's clearly not going to be the best player on the team. He's clearly not going to be the second best player on the team, and uh, I think he understands that. Um, whether or not he's 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 able to keep that in his head throughout the course of an 82 game season, that that's another story, right? Uh, and, and you know, like your natural tendencies as a basketball player are—they're just going to come out in, in any setting, right? Um, he's going to have to break some bad habits, and 
he's going to have a full training camp to do this, presumably, if the Rockets decide to pursue this. But I'm 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 skeptical. Like I I, I remain skeptical until I see it. Um, here's what I'll, here's what I'll say. Daryl Moore is he, he's really good at reclamation projects, right? Um, like he's if you, if you just look at their last offseason, that was basically one giant reclamation project, right? Uh, Ryan Anderson, guy who people thought wasn't gonna couldn't ever be a starting caliber power forward in the NBA, uh, at least on a contending team. Uh, Eric Gordon, guy who's, who's really injury riddled, probably you know like good player, but I mean he he's too injury riddled to ever play an NBA to ever really contribute to a, a contending team. Um, Mike D'Antoni, the ultimate reclamation project, right? Uh, Mike Dan, I mean, I mean and, and this is particularly relevant. Like Mike D'Antoni looked awful in New York, and there's there's something to be said uh, about that setting making you look really bad, right? Um, and you know maybe that's some there's something there's some of that going on in New York. Maybe New York is making him look that awful. We've seen this with J.R. Smith, right? When J.R. Smith left the Knicks, he looked a lot better in a Cavs uniform um, <laughs> when he was set in line, right? With with LeBron and a good culture there in that Cavs locker room. Uh, same thing with Shumpert. Like these were guys that were kind of undervalued assets, and he made their va- uh, David Griffin, uh, GM of the of the Cleveland Cavaliers, XGM, XGM made their value <laughs> go up like like crazy, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like spoilers, the Knicks are a terrible organization, and that trickles down in a big way. Right, um, and like I mean, that's that's the Rockets have shown a lot of this too. I mean, if you look at Josh Smith, right? Josh Smith, the guy. Um, the Rockets picked up for the biannual exception because he was, I mean, he was waived basically for the stretch provision by the Detroit Pistons. And like the Rockets picked him up for cheap and he looked really awesome for the Rockets. Um, really great de- defender. Uh, they turned him into a, a pseudo stretch four, which he really wasn't, wasn't great at. But I mean, he was good enough to get the Rockets to a conference finals. And like the, some of that could happen here in, in, in Houston, right? Uh, I do think the Rockets' culture is strong enough to take in a Carmelo Anthony without completely disrupting, uh, completely imploding right away. Like I, I think if, if that were to happen, it, it would take some time. Uh, you know, Chris Paul certainly somebody who could probably set uh, Carmelo Anthony in line. Uh, you know, and it it really it really it's really on Melo to make this work, right? Because he has to understand that he's going to be the third banana here. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, he he has to understand that he's going to be. Uh, He's not going to be the best player, but he can be an effective player, a really effective player, if he chooses to do so. Yeah, and I think that's what it comes down to, uh, that he his talent level is high enough that they feel the need to go ahead and up that risk profile once again. Like, they, they need to raise their ceiling, even if it means lowering their floor. Uh, so, overall, I think it's a probably a good move as long as you're not giving up more than basically Ryan Anderson and like a pick for it. But let me lay this on you. Um, If Carmelo wants to go to Houston more than he would like to go to the Cavs, or even if he'd like to go to both, would it not be in his best interest to still angle for that buyout and then go to the team he wants on perhaps a cheaper contract? Like if he's still going to get paid, he could go to Houston or the Cavs at a very low price and not have to send anything to the Knicks in the in the process. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's his his teammates are certainly going to be better if he does so. Um, and um, the, there's some there's another benefit to that, which uh, 
I guess we can tease on this podcast. I'm writing a column about this. If the Rockets were to go, say, after a big fish next year, and, you know, Carmelo Anthony's on a cheap deal, uh, perhaps, you know, like, the Rockets can, you know, get Carmelo Anthony on a biannual exception or whatever. Um, they go they go into next offseason. They, they clear some cap space. They get their big fish. They get they bring back Carmelo Anthony on, big, on bird rights. Like, like, that's certainly beneficial. Like, um, we could... Uh, that that would certainly help the Rockets and Carmel Anthony like to have a better Rockets team. But I mean, it re- it really depends on what the, where the Knicks are in this, right? Like, are are the Knicks willing to buy out Melo? And I'm not sure if they are. I mean, like James Dolan's shown a real resistance to that. I mean, that's kind of one of the reasons that he supposedly fired Phil for that he won't that he's uh, wants to buy out Carmel Anthony and Car- and you know James Dolan doesn't want to do so. Um, and like. It it really depends on what the Knicks really re- realistic expect to get from Carmelo Anthony. If the, if they if the Cavs are gonna put Kevin Love on the table, I don't think the Rockets can match any sort of offer that's gonna beat that. Um, it's just the Rockets are, are kind of depleted of assets. I mean, not kind of. They are depleted of assets after that Chris Paul trade. Uh, they traded you know Patrick Beverly, one of the best contracts in the NBA. Uh, Sam Decker, Harrell, uh, and a first round pick, and like they're, they're kind of. They're kind of up against the wall here. They're they're probably gonna they're probably not gonna give up much of value to the Knicks other than Ryan Anderson and maybe a pick, um, and probably some salary filler. So I mean, it really depends on where the Knicks are in this. And I'm really interested to see like uh, Zach Lowe on a podcast today said that he expects this situation to get resolved pretty soon. Like whether he goes to Cleveland or Houston, he thinks that's gonna happen uh, pretty soon. So I mean, like we'll see. Like I, I don't know, we'll see. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of of the mind that. I mean, a for for him, it'd probably be best to go to Houston or Cleveland after a buyout, because then he can be on a, a stronger team. But I kind of think that it would be uh, a good idea for the Rockets to trade for him, because uh, Ryan Anderson's great, but uh, that contract is going to get pretty stinky pretty soon. And if they can manage to get out from underneath of that contract, that is a major coup. Like I, I, Ryan Anderson's very helpful for the team, but he's not going to be forever. Uh, so I think that would be incredibly impressive if they were able to avoid the bad parts of that contract. But so you, you work with me for a little bit. So let, let's just say uh, they get Carmen Anthony in a buyout, right? A biannual exception, whatever, right? Whatever, a vet minimum. I, I doubt he's going to take a vet, vet minimum, but whatever. Uh, they get Carmen Anthony in a buyout, right? Um, and they, they still have Ryan Anderson's contract going forward. He's probably going to be a bench player. Ryan, uh, Carmen Anthony's probably going to start. Um, and then we go into next offseason, and the Rockets can free up an insane amount of cap room just by moving Ryan Harrison's contract. And, you know, that leaves them susceptible to bringing in, like, a guy like, like Paul George. Like, he's going to be a free agent next summer. LeBron James. Think bigger. LeBron Think, James. Yes, there it is. <laughs> he's going to be a free agent next summer. Um, you know, like, you get where I'm going this with this, right? Like, the Banana Boat crew could potentially reunite if he takes banana that buyout. Boat. Yes, I'm ready for the Banana Boat. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hopefully that's what they'll do, but I think it's not all bad if they end up trading Ryan Anderson. Uh, yeah, and, and this is sort of a pipe dream here, right? But like, like in that theoretical situation, it's better for him to take that buyout. You know what I'm saying? Hand me that pipe. Let me dream. <laughs> <laughs> that's the good stuff right there. I, you gotta try to get that banana boat together. There's a there. There could be no better plan. And even even if it totally comes apart and is not good at all which many people have suspected might happen, 
that's fine. You got to take that shot. Shoot your shots. The Rockets, the Rockets are, are the Rockets are a great team. They shoot shots. Let's go. Darren Molly certainly shoots his shots. Here's what I'll say: If the Rockets trade for Kamal Anthony, the gamble you're making is um, that he's a good enough player to be the third best player on your championship team, and that might have been good enough like three years ago. But now we're in a Warriors era, right, where you have to view everything in the lens of of the Warriors, right? And if if you think Kamal Anthony is a good enough, you know third option to 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 take on the Warriors go ahead and do it but I mean here's what I'll say the the Warriors but third best player is probably what Draymond Green and I I certainly think he's better than Carmine Anthony and so I mean like it's it's really like you're banking on the idea that Carmine Anthony will, will become a better player when he comes to the Rockets right because he's probably like a top 40 30 player right now and you're bank you're banking on that to to dramatically improve when you when you take on the Warriors, you're you're banking on him to become a totally different player, a totally different mellow, um, and that's certainly possible, right? Like, like that's that's what a lot of the, the mellow believers are are going are rooting for, right? Like that that's that's the pipe dream, right? Like that's that's the idea here. Olympic mellow can be that good, and uh, I I'm not sure if he will be, but I mean, if he is, then you got a pretty compelling shot, like a a you know a punter's chance at taking on this juggernaut in, in in oakland you just gotta get better i think that's what it comes down to well you gotta get better and then also uh you kind of want to see if maybe you can get a banana boat situation going on <laughs> i mean i think it's a big part of it if you if you have chris paul and you have carmelo anthony and you have a way to clear like a decent chunk of cap space you can walk into that room with LeBron James next summer and you can make a pretty good case when if you bring Melo and Chris Paul with him that's the pipe dream right and uh right now i mean getting Melo is the gamble you kind of have to take if you want to make that work uh i i i, I kind of again i remain quietly skeptical i, I think Ryan Harrison's like fit beautifully for this Rockets team um, he's an awesome shooter. He fit, uh, Mike D'Antoni uses him really well, um, and I, I, I think I, I think the Rockets can stand to play one more year without taking any you know crazy risks. But again, Daryl Morey said in that Zach Lowe column, we're going to up our risk profile. I mean, adding Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony is certainly upping our risk profile to go after the Warriors. And you know that's that's pretty much all I have to say about the topic. Yeah, uh, I think we've pretty well covered it as it stands right now. Yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But for the moment, that's just kind of where it is. That's going to going to stay until it stops staying there. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> that's and, my expert analysis. <laughs> and we'll bring in more guys who are like pro mellow. Like everybody on the side is pro mellow except for me, basically. Uh, and so we'll bring in more of those guys uh, to discuss this, and they can make their case later during the week. But I mean that that's where I stand. That's where I currently stand. I'm I'm quietly skeptical. I'm not gonna rain in anyone's parade. Like if, if you're really excited about getting mellow, like like I, I'm obviously gonna, you know, tweet about it, I'm obviously gonna talk about it. Every everything I hear about it, everything I, I read about it, I'm obviously gonna relate to you guys. Um but I mean like as as far as it stands, I remain quietly skeptical. I, I I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lash out if the Rockets go after him. Daryl Morey's much better at this than I am, um, and yeah, I, I mean that that's 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 it. I mean that that's all I have to say. I mean, like, if you guys think he, you guys think he's gonna be a good positive addition? Let, let's go. I mean, let's let's make it happen. Uh, if anything, it's probably better if the Rockets get mellow, even if even if I don't like it, because it's just more to write about, more to talk about, more to podcast about. It's a more interesting team, right? The Rock. 
the spotlight will certainly be on this Rockets team if they make that kind of a trade. Uh, even It's already on this Rockets team. Everybody wants to see how this Chris Paul and James Harden thing works out. If they get Carmelo Anthony, there's going to be a huge, huge media presence here in Houston uh, for this rock, upcoming Rockets season. Yeah, maybe they can get more hated. That'd be really good. I, I am unapologetically pro-wanting everyone to hate the Rockets. It's, it's more fun to me. So, uh, yeah, if they can just become super covered and everyone just immediately hates them before anything happens, that would be a great time. Yeah, guys, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Red Nation Hoops and at Do Nots. Uh, give us a good rating on iTunes if you enjoy the show. Uh, even if you didn't enjoy the show, give us a good rating anyways because that just helps people find the show. All right, guys, good night.